Did I interest you in a stamp? Yeah, give me a stamp. Oh. No, give me a purple one. Oh, I'm sorry we haven't any purple ones. I could uh, paint one for you. I don't want a painted one. person hasn't got any rights in this country anymore. The government even tells you what color stamps you gotta buy. from the dirty curb of the Marriott Waterfront Hotel. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> Live from the dirty curb in front of the Marriott Hotel, this is the award-winning stamp show here today. If you can dream it, we can collect it. This is episode number 348, brought to you by the Southern Nevada Philatelic Research Center, a nonprofit 501c3 corporation for the advancement of flattily. This is Cash. This is Mark. This is Jim. This is Don. And we are all back from, well, actually, uh, one of us is not, but most of us are back from Westpac. So this is going to be our Westpac special uh, stamp show here today review. You're singling me out. I am. You didn't come with me because I had the kids. Well, I know. So Don wasn't there, but... uh, Alan Bush was there. Shout out to Alan Bush. And uh, Alan Bush says hi to you. Hi, Alan. And I have a side story before we get started on it. Um, I got a banker's box filled with um, Indian revenue stamps or revenue paper. It was uh, um, legal documents and stuff like that where people had to put tax stamps on them. So I brought it to Deepak, and big shout out to Deepak. He is uh, he has Stamp Bay uh, Indian stamps, great dealer. I've been dealing him with him literally for decades, and so I brought him this banker's box filled with revenues and revenue documents and stuff like that. And there were uh, documents going back all the way to this late 1600s, and. There was a piece of paper on top of it when I got it, and it said 5000 catalog value, 5700 And I didn't know whether that was U.S. dollars or rupees, or <laughs> hell, it could have been pesos or Bolivars. Viet- <laughs> Vietnamese dong or <laughs> whatever. I mean, whatever it is. But, uh, Bitcoin? Bitcoin, yeah. <laughs> well, 5700 Bitcoin, that'd be a good chunk of change now. Um so I took it to him, and I said, how much is this worth? And he looked at me and said, nothing. <laughs> and I go, well, it catalog." It, it, I was thrown off because, you know, it catalogs 5,700, and I didn't know if that was rupees or dollars. And he go, no, that's dollars. It catalogs $5,700. A tax attorney made a catalog for Indian revenues. And put all the prices in it and then donated a huge amount of it to his own nonprofit uh, for the tax write-off. And then I spoke with Eric Jackson afterwards. Shout out to Eric. 
and uh, he confirmed it all. It's like, yeah, this stuff is uh, way over catalog. This catalog this guy did was just fanciful. He may as well have written it on the butt of a unicorn. <laughs> and so uh, Deepak said that generally speaking, um, this stuff sells for between 1% and 3% of catalog. So my $5,700 catalog, uh, I actually gave a bunch. Of, I pulled out a couple pieces for myself that were written in English. Uh, and then I let the stamp club pick through it, and they picked out some. And I said, here, take them for free because, you know, uh, you pull out one that's like catalogs for $75. And you go, okay, that's like maybe a dollar. <laughs> so yeah, I let them pick up. And then I uh, gave, uh, I sold the rest of it to Scott for thirty bucks. So uh, that's the story of Indian Revenue documents. And uh, if you see them, be aware because you're going to see a huge catalog value that doesn't have any value attached to it. So, Mark, what did you do at Westpex? I spent money. <laughs> I spent a lot of money, Cash. I. Uh... I have to say, I spent about four thousand dollars on the show floor and eighteen thousand dollars in the auction. That's uh, that's more than I spent. Right. Yeah. So the four thousand I have, the eighteen thousand I don't. <laughs> so I uh, <laughs> I don't know if, what I'm going to do say to the auctioneer, but um, uh, but I enjoyed bidding. How about you, Jim? How much money did you spend? Um, I spent substantially less than Mark. <laughs> I I bought. In the auction, Rumsey's auction, and um, there was some very nice Western material, Western covers that I was especially interested in. So um, the most of the prices were at or above the high estimates. Oh yeah. And on this, at least on the Western um, Express labels. Um, which was the things I was most interested in because there were Nevada items for my Nevada collection, some of which the labels I had not seen before. So I thought that was pretty worth going after. So what is an express label? Well, um, Wells Fargo back in the 1860s, when they would um, send valuable mail, um, for example, deeds, uh, stocks, things like that that went to San Francisco from the mining areas. Um, also, it was not uncommon to find those on letters that contained money, you know, that were, people were sending. The, it, it's, the label was uh, probably equal to what we call express mail today or registered mail, but they were express labels. And the express companies did that all over the United States. This collection that was in the Rumsey auction was actually the full United States, but the western part, specifically Nevada, was the one that I was most attracted to. And those prices were, you know, I didn't get everything. So <laughs> you if didn't I buy wanted the auction, <laughs> if I wanted if I wanted an item, I usually I, I bet, bid over the high thing, uh, over the high estimate, um, and even some of those I didn't get. So it was a pretty active market. Um, because the material was that rare. Uh, 
you see them occasionally, but you don't see them with that, that many of them at one time. So that, that took a big chunk of change. Um, and also, at the same time, concurrently, there was another auction in Nevada of early Nevada um, postal history. And to put perspective on this, I hadn't added a new town to my collection in, since COVID, two years plus. Uh, in other words, a town that I didn't have a postmark from. And in Nevada, there's like 700 post offices know, that operated and probably only 545 or 550 that actually are known with postmarks. Some of them are so obscure that they just, you know, six-month ghost town <laughs> during the mining rampages of the 1860s or whatever. Oh, I've been to some of them, yeah. Yeah, and so they just don't exist. So anyway, and I added seven oh. to my collection in this one auction. So I had a good weekend. Yeah, the, the auction sale was pretty brisk. I can I was on the sh uh, on the auction floor for the uh, U.S. collections, and I can tell you that on average they sold for uh, double the high estimate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so people was, who don't think that stamp prices are going up rapidly are going to be surprised. You know, I went there and you know I was just shopping and I said, you know what I'm going to do because. Again, I'm buying the way that I think, and if people want to see how I think, you know, listen to a couple of the economics podcasts. But I was looking for U.S. number ones, and I looked at every single U.S. number one on the floor, and there were 24 of them in Westpex. The Westpex stamp show is a major stamp show. It's probably arguably the biggest, except that we're going to have the APS show in uh, Sacramento, so that one will beat it. But in, a nor in the normal uh, course of events, the Westpex is the largest, and they only had 24 U.S. number 11s. And mm -hmm. out of the 24, I bought five. You, you say 11s or 1s? I'm sorry. I misspoke. Uh, I have U.S. number 11s on my head all the time because <laughs> that's the thing that I collect. No, U.S. number 1s. There were 24 U.S. number 1s on the floor, and I bought five of them. That's mint or used? Mint and used. Mm -hmm. And uh, that, to me, is kind of remarkable. Oh, I did have a conversation with Bill Hontos, and we were discussing U.S. number 1s and why I was buying them. And I described them as uh, vanity items. And he says, no, you should describe them as glamour items. And I would, you know, as I was driving home, because, you know, I had like six hours to drive home. Uh, actually, I didn't drive home. I drive, drove to Orange County because I had the kids with me. And uh, I thought to myself, you know, glamour items has a different mechanic to it, which much better describes why they go up in value. Right. And, and so I am going to not uh, significantly. I'm going to change my language so that I don't talk about vanity items. I'm going to talk about glamour items. And I do consider U.S. number ones and twos and the Zeps and all that stuff as glamour items. 
Um, I think that if we have 1970s style inflation, we're going to have a 1970s style stamp market. And if we have a 1970s style stamp market, you can expect U.S. number ones, I'm going to say four years to catalog $1,000 and probably in six years, they'll catalog 2000 and they catalog 350 now. So that's a large increase, but people, you know, are going to spend their money on the things that hold value and stamps hold their value. They may not be a great investment after the run-up. You know, like I tell everybody, stamps went up 400%. The problem is, is they went up 900% and then dropped down to 400%. So if you bought it 900% of the 1972 Scott catalog, if you, if you bought a U.S. number one at $700 instead of $67.50, you know, you wrote it from 67.50 all the way up to 700, then you wrote it all the way down to 350, <laughs> and that's what makes a bad investment. And, and don't sell it to cash this year. Hold on to it for a while. Oh yeah, <laughs> if 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 I'm buying it, that's a warning sign. Yeah. <laughs> right now, cash. Uh, about a month or two ago, you were doing an auction. Now, when that auction, you said that the prices were way above catalog. That was the Kelleher and. He, there was a tipping point, I think, and it occurred in December, maybe November. And it was when Omicron hit. And when Omicron hit, I think that everybody unanimously said, screw this pandemic. There's always going to be these variants. I'm done now. I'm out. And when that happened, you saw a bunch of stuff happen all over the place. But I think that's when, you, if you pinpointed a day, that's when you started seeing people saying, I'm back collecting stamps. Inflation is a problem. I have a bunch of money because Biden and Trump gave out a huge amount of money. So I've got a bunch of money. I'm going to buy stamps with it. And so from November until the Kelleher sale in March, you literally had a 20% increase over like those five months. And 20% over five months is a lot. And I don't think that it's the end of it. I think it's going to keep going. And things selling for, well, uh, the Westpacs, you know, they, they were selling items for double their high estimate. Now, Skylar Rumsey... He is a great auctioneer. He runs a fantastic auction. He knows stuff. But this auction catalog was put together two, three months ago. Yep. And so two, three months ago, he goes, yeah, this collection should easily sell for $1,200, maybe as high as $1,700. And all of a sudden, you know, today it sells for 3000 all it takes is two people that want it. Yeah. Well, again, it takes two people who want it, but these two people now have a bunch of money in their right. pocket. That's the biggie. Well, talking about the auction itself, I lost several items 
to one advance over my top advance or my top bid. So to me, that said there was at least one other person who saw the same value in it that I did. Oh, yeah. And um, I probably, I don't know how many I won at my top bid because I haven't seen all the results yet. But my guess is, is that probably not very many. In other words, somebody dropped out sooner than later. But on the but on the really rare stuff, they were willing to go that extra bid or two to get yeah. it. But I mean, the, the, some of these were big money. There's there's yeah. a collection I'm looking at the uh, the auction results. Um, the high estimate was twenty thousand dollars for a collection. It sold for thirty two five. That's a yeah. that's a gigantic difference. Yeah. You know, there's one here. Um, high high estimate ten thousand dollars sold for twenty three thousand. Um, you know, another one, uh, high estimate, 10,000 sold for 20,000. So, I mean, that's, you can remember, you can remember it wasn't that long ago that high estimate of 10,000 would have sold for five or 6,000. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the high estimate was high estimate was like, you know, if you really want it, bid this amount, you'll get it. Mm -hmm. Now it's like you bid that amount. Eh, probably not. (laughs) It, there's a couple of bellwethers coming. Um, I just got a catalog uh, from Seagull Auctions. Um, it's a used U.S. collection, and it's a very comprehensive used collection with many, many copies of number one, number two, mm-hmm. um, maybe not hundreds, but, you know, pages of number ones in all different shades, all different cancels. Is that this the Seagull? Seagull? Yeah, Seagull one. yeah, yeah. I think, I think there's probably about a hundred number ones in that yeah. auction, and and it's that way for a lot of your glamour stamps. So my guess is, and these are all used, so that that's going to be another little bellwether, because most of them are gradable and and or graded. At the back of the auction catalog, there's one, two, three, four, at least four pages of the grading. Mm. on the lot, different lots the so that you can go and index and say, okay, I want 98 J's, and then you can find them and so forth. Well, that'll be an interesting one because if they sell 100 U.S. number ones, mm-hmm. will they maintain like a $1,000 purchase price each? Well, we'll see. And if they do, over 100 of them, yep. you know, Maintaining it over six or seven or eight, I guess. 24. 24. (laughs) But maintaining it over 100, that'll be a real good indicator. If if they maintain that price over 100 individual lots, um, everybody listening should uh, pull out their checkbook and start buying them. Because, like I said, maybe my four-year estimate is double what it should be. Well, and my guess is is that uh, just from memory – it's not very good, but <laughs> my guess is is that many of those number ones are graded already, oh. and they're going to be in the ninety yeah. or plus. Well, well, yeah, there's graded, but there's also very interesting cancel material, yes. such you've got steam and railroad and uh, that type of thing. This collector went for went for um, uh, that type of material. So yeah, but still, you know. Yeah. It's not, it's you, not you your would, normally found. Yeah, you dr- one you material. drive a three hundred and fifty dollar catalog item up to four hundred and fifty or five hundred. Mm-hmm. Let's see if it goes to a thousand. 
Right. Well, if you if you've got a number sixty eight, uh, U.S. number sixty eight, um, and it's a ninety five, and it has a, a Tokyo or Hagago. Well, yeah, those Japan are those are truly rare, though. Yes, you're going to have big prices yeah. because they're not only rare cancels on them, but they're also rare yeah. in the sense of their condition. So there's going to be. It, there's going to be some interesting things there, and it'd be kind of fun to watch that and see, you know, what what prices these things bring. Trivia question, because you mentioned it twice, that it's a bellwether. Yes. You know what bellwethers are? Yeah. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> I just like the word. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I always thought that bellwether had to deal with the weather somehow, and there's a bell involved somehow. Right. Yeah, because it's ringing the 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 type or whatever. The, yeah. the tide or it will you know some rain clouds are coming or something. No, a weather is a type of sheep, and the sheep generally the weather is the one who is the leader of the flock, and so the weather will wear a bell. And the other sheep will follow it. So a bellwether actually has to do with herding sheep, not with rain. Yeah. Seems more appropriate. My my Google tells me bellwether is not spelled, weather is not spelled with an A in it. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's the W-E-T-H-E-R. And the actual definition for you fans of our moderator, <laughs> a, weather, a weather or other male sheep that leads the flock. Usually bearing a bell. Patriarchy. There it is. Wow. <laughs> How did he do that? Uh, <laughs> I'm up on my trivia. Yes, you are. <laughs> so you mentioned uh, ones, twos, um, zeppelins as as uh, uh, as your glamour stamps. Well, um, here's my d- new definition of glamour stamps. Yep. And uh, basically, it expanded a little bit. Um, dollar stamp, or U.S. number one and two, obviously, and then stamps that have a face value of one dollar or more, except for the sixty-five cent Zeppelin stamp. That's a glamour stamp, also. So the one, the low value Zeppelin, U.S. number one and two, which are five cent and ten cent, and then anything that has a face of a dollar. Dollar value Colombians, dollar value Trans Mississippi's, dollar value Fourth Bureau issues, dollar value uh, f- uh, Washington Franklin heads. Although there's no f- uh, Washington head that's a dollar value, but you have yeah, your Madison. One, yeah. uh, you're, you're right. Yeah. You're right. There is one. So uh, the Washington uh, one dollar. Uh, I forget what the number is, and then the Franklin. Yeah, the bicolor issues. Yeah, the twos and the. F- and, and then the fourth bureau issue, yeah, the one cent uh, memorial, the two cent capital, or and dollar. the five cent uh, dollar, the one dollar memorial, right? You said cent. Oh, yeah, I'm not. That's five seventy one. I'm not sure five seventy one is going to because uh, I haven't. I, I I have never seen five seventy one be really popular. Yeah, uh, I agree. You know, I I think five seventy two, five seventy three, the two dollar and the and the. Uh, and the five dollar uh, America, um, I think, are popular, but I'm not so sure about the, the about the, the one dollar. The, pro- the problem is is that the brown color isn't as 
beautiful as that blue color. Oh, the yeah. $2, and, oh, yeah. And any, any and time you've got the five, anytime yeah. you've got the red and blue combination, I th- you think of inverted Jenny right away. Yeah. Yeah. And, and on that uh, note, I think that C3 might qualify as a glamour stamp for uh, people that don't have the, 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 uh, the purse to yep. shell out for, for the big stamps. Actually, I would, let's say second, uh, let's say uh, A tier. You know, S tier is the top A tier, A, B, C, D, E, F. We discussed this before. Um, your S tier is going to have like one to six, uh, C one to six, the airmails. Um, you know, then you have go all the way down to, like I said, you know, F tier is the $1 airlift, which in 1982 was monumental. And today it's, it, you know, it's not discount postage anymore. He used a couple of years ago was discount postage. Now it's truly worth face value at a dollar. Right. Um, but but but, you, but what you said before that what might replace it is the new the the modern uh, express mail. Oh, I guarantee stamps. Guarantee that's going to replace it. Guarantee. Um, I think that well at the show. People were selling imperf sheets of the express mail and the priority mail stamps, and they were getting over double face. Yeah. Getting. They were selling for over double face. And for modern postage, that's very unusual. Yeah. I mean, well, it's, you know, it's not that unusual when you look at the, uh, what were the droid sheet selling for 85 bucks to 100 bucks that that's the imperf sheets yeah see uh, but yeah, those just are the regular perforated you know like right. the carmel mission and uh yeah. bethesda fountain of course and you know those types of, i i think those um i'm not so sure about the um priorities you know the like the four and five dollar to seven dollar range maybe on those but but the express mails for sure um uh, that that might be a good investment you know, for yeah, especially if budget. you buy, especially if you buy them in the booklets of four. Yeah, well, again, I hate using the term as investment because on the S tier level, I'm going to put those down at the C D level. You know, they're not Fs, but they're Cs and Ds. They are not going to be good long term investments. They will eventually be discount postage. Well, I think most of the modern issues, uh, um, I'm, I'm thinking in terms of the Legends of the West air sheet, and those were real hot for a while, too, and then they've kind of settled down. Well, yeah, but look at the prices on those. That's what I mean. They were $300. Right. Then they stopped selling at $300, and they sold for about $125, mm-hmm. and they stayed there just basically slowly eroding um, today you can get one for $75 and if you wholesale them, you can get them for 60 to $65. Yeah. And that's from a $300 original price. Yeah. Yeah. I, I unless, see you, the, unless you bought it in the, in the lottery and got it for the post office at face value, which most of these are not errors. So the imperf ones are more in that error yeah. range because there's a lottery system of sorts to get those and so are they going to hold their value I, I yeah I don't know well the U- the Ukraine which for those of you who have uh, been living under a rock 
is at war right now with Russia. And they just issued a stamp. They sunk a Russian ship in the Black Sea. And it shows a picture of a soldier giving the middle finger to this ship. And they limited the sale on them. And they basically are, it looks like using a lottery to sell them. You know, they have all sorts of uh, limits on how many you can buy. Right now, you, the cheapest you can get one for on eBay is $50, and they go all the way up to $200. And this is for a stamp that I believe with the exchange rate is $0.65. Cents. <laughs> so the question is, like with something like that, you buy it for $50. How much is it going to be worth in, I don't know, how long do you think the war will last? A year, year and a half, maybe two years? So two and a half years from now... Um, you know, is it's, it a five dollar stamp? Yeah, it's pure speculation. Yeah, depends on who wins the war. <laughs> well, I don't think there will be a winner, but I don't think Ukraine will go away either. Well, yeah, I I guess what I'm saying is history will write that because yeah, it'll be really big news or it won't be any news at all. Well, look at both sides, okay? Let's say there's let's make pretend there's three options. One option number one, Russia totally conquers Ukraine, and it becomes part of the Russia. What's the value of the stamp then? $5, let's say. I mean, you know, it'll have some sort of premium. I agree. Ukraine kicks Russia out, and Ukraine maintains itself. So how much is the stamp worth? $5? A premium. Okay, six. <laughs> and uh, there's some sort of stalemate. Uh, Russia and Ukraine both uh, stop fighting. Russia takes part of the Ukraine, and Ukraine survives. How much is the stamp worth? Five dollars, Pro- maybe prob- Probably, yeah. Yeah, so uh, under— Unless they print more. Oh, well, yeah, that's another <laughs> thing. So under any real option, it's still not a $50 stamp. Which, you know, if you look at the express mail and the priority mail stamps, I think the same thing. You know, we have a lot of inflation. Prices go way up. But eventually it turns into discount postage just like everything else. And if you look at it from government numbers, and I don't trust the government numbers, but if you look at just the government numbers over the last two years, We've had 15% inflation, and realistically, if you go by, you know, everybody has a different inflation. You know, if you own your house, you have a totally different number than somebody who pays rent. But, you know, if you're a working person, you could easily be seeing 25% inflation. Well, if 25% inflation happens and you have you know, your investments going into express mail and priority stamps. Eventually, the inflation does subside, does stabilize. And then what do you got? You got $100, you know, because like you said, the uh, express mail stamps are issued in sheets of four. So you have $100 that now has $85 worth of purchasing power because you had 15% inflation and probably more, $75 if you had 25%. You're, 
you paid a premium for it because, you know, collecting holding value. But realistically, in the end, you have postage. Yeah, but I'm not so sure because it's not like like you compare the block of four of the of the um, of the express mail stamps to the block of four of the um, one dollar airlift stamps, which rose in popularity. There were many, many more airlift stamps printed than the the than what was printed on the express mail and express mail stamps that were printed and sold because the um, you know, they don't stay around forever. They they destroy the ones they don't sell. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I I don't know. I think uh, I I think express mails are gonna they may drop a little bit, but I I think they'll still hold their value. I don't oh. I don't think they're gonna be discount postage. We'll see in ten years. Yeah, I mean it depends on which runs have the most you know the most population or the or or the, the where the most are in collectors' hands. Yeah. But so. okay, so inflation started in 1972. Really, it, it started in 71, but you know it started in, uh, going up and being reported. Name a stamp from 1972 to 1985 that isn't discount postage. Hmm. The uh, Perf 12 John Paul Jones. <laughs> oh. You got me there. That is what an error stamp. Yes, an error stamp. Well, actually, it's not really an error stamp. It's just a yeah, but a very very variety. Yeah, a very very limited variety. Okay, one stamp. (laughs) Um, I I was going to say, there's two different things we're really talking about. If you're talking about investing to beat inflation, that's different than if you're talking about investing in stamps as a investment tool, in my opinion, because. The stamp value will go up by collector demand. So if you if you want to buy U.S. stamps that are going to be a good investment, not a hedge against inflation, but an investment, then you look at invert Jenny's. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, the real glamour stuff. Well, but yes, you are correct. But if you and and that goes for you looking for your number ones and me looking for a two forty five, mint, ninety eight, or something like that. You know, that you would pay a premium for now, but is probably going to demand a premium whenever you sell it to a collector. It is not it being influenced by the investment market, as opposed to what we've been talking about, which is um, people getting into the market to hedge against inflation, hoping that they'll rise. Well, let me clarify real quick. When I use the term investment on the podcast, because we do not have New York hedge funds listening to this podcast. You know, the people who are listening to this podcast are stamp collectors. I can't think of any reason why a person who's not a stamp collector would listen to it. Um, That's a pretty broad assumption there. What if they are a stamp collector? What if they are stamp collectors? Well, no, they. Uh, I'm assuming that they are stamp collectors. So if you have a knowledge and a passion for something and you can make some money at it, that's the investment that I'm looking at. Um, I grew, you know, I was young. But I grew up in the 72 to 82 era. I remember riding my bike and seeing, you know, the foreclosure signs and stuff. I 
absolutely know that people are going to look for places to put their money. If you're a stamp collector, you'll put it in the stamps. If you're a coin collector, you'll put it in the coins. If you're a baseball card collector, you'll put it in baseball cards. So we are identifying stamp investments for stamp collectors. If you are a person off the street who just happens to be randomly flipping through podcasts and you listen to this one and you say, oh, I'm going to go out and I'm going to invest in some stamps. I guarantee you, you are going to lose money at a level that you cannot imagine. (laughs) We stamp collectors, like I was talking about with NFTs, stamp collectors have a relationship with scarcity that normal people do not. We understand scarcity and we understand rarity and we define them differently than, let's say, normal people do, common people. Well... That, and that makes a really good point because we were talking initially about my purchase of the uh, Wells Fargo label covers, and that's a very good point. They're very rare. There's not a lot of them, and be- with a specific town on them, that even makes them more uncommon, more rare. There is a premium to pay if you're bidding against someone who understands that also, but for the average person out there, you'd be foolish to go buy one something like that without a lot of knowledge in the background to because there's a lot of those that are like your Indian paper. <laughs> by that I mean they there were just a lot of them. Yeah. Especially the Eastern Expresses were more common. And so they're not as valuable. And so you just have to have knowledge in that area. And that's what you're saying is Stamp collectors should have knowledge in their stamps, and what they purchase should be based on that knowledge, not just on the fact that maybe they'll go up. I mean, I always thought Forever Stamps was a pretty good hedge against inflation because it goes up every time you get a rate increase. (laughs) Yeah, it it is a great hedge. Yeah, but you're not going to get rich on it. Well, the other hitch, too, is um, Forever Stamps. Let's say you the Forever Stamps go up 15% because postal rates go up 15%. Now you got to sell them or use them. Yeah. Now, how much are you going to be able to invest? And that's the issue there is, you know, scalability. And if you listen to Warren Buffett, he talks about scalability all the time. Can you invest a thousand dollars in forever stamps and make money? Uh, Maybe. Can you invest 10,000? And make money. No. It's just too big of a number. You have to be able to dispose of the forever stamps. Yeah, and at 10000 you're selling them at a discount. Yeah. Well, I also want to give a shout-out to Ray and Glenn Mar- uh, Ray Martin and uh, Glenn Chia. Uh, they gave us a very, very nice uh, framed cover to put on our wall. It is a uh, five-cent stampless cover from Britain to uh, the United States via the ship Canada. And the cool thing about it is, is that the frame is probably worth, oh, I'd say 10, maybe 15 times more than the cover is. (laughs) (laughs) But it's going to make a great wall hanging. So thank you very much, Ray and Glenn. And it's a very colorful cover. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's with the foreign markings and the red and the. Yep. Well, it's not very colorful. It's got red and black. <laughs> That's very I, colorful. It's a bi color. Uh, nice frame, though. A gold frame with black and matting and everything. Obviously, uh, somebody put a lot of work into the frame. <laughs> you, could, you could put your um, number 10 first day cover in there. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's the type of frame you'd want for something like that. Yeah, except that's going to my exhibit. Yeah. By the way, I was asked about that today to show a picture, and I, I go, I don't carry a picture of it. I just, like, have it. Yep. <laughs> hey, shout out to Bob. He joined us at lunch today, and he was asking me for a picture of my first day cover that I was talking about on the podcast. Anything else? Any last closing stuff for Westpex? Westpex was fantastic. Great show. Gordon, Gordon Eubanks did a fantastic job of uh, getting the dealers and setting everything up. He was the face of the show, and he was fantastic. Uh Looking forward to seeing being there next year also. As and as 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 it's happened the past few times, there's not a lot of good restaurants really close by. <laughs> That's true. That is very true. We had Chinese food. And uh Sean ordered pork stomach with chicken and wasabi. And uh I don't think anybody ate it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, on that delicious note (laughs) (laughs) We need your help Nothing on the internet is free Including our phone and internet connections So you can support the podcast By joining the Stamp Show Here Today Club The cost is $10 for a lifetime membership Please include your APS member number As we are an APS affiliated club Your support is greatly appreciated Our brand new spanking address is 5965 Harrison Drive, Suite 6 in Las Vegas, Nevada, 89120. You left out the word glorious. Fabulous. (laughs) Because you don't put that on the letter. Oh. Well, you could. You could, yeah. You could, yeah. Well, kids, that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank Sideshow Mel, Corporal Punishment, Tina Ballerina, oh, and from Not Landing, Miss Donna Mills. Oh, she was a sport. We've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun, but now the time has come to go. If this still clown was found dead in his bed tomorrow, I'd be in heaven still doing this show. See you some other time! You have been listening to Stamp Show here today, seeking to advance all levels of the stamp collecting hobby through news, information, and collecting advice. Visit us at stampshowheretoday.com to listen to the show, view images of the items we are talking about, and read the show notes. You can also continue the conversation on Facebook at Stamp Show Here Today and on Twitter at Stamp Show HT. If you have questions or comments about the show or have any topics you would like us to discuss, you can email us at stampshowheretoday at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and as always, keep collecting. Stamp collecting happens when we dream together.